in today's show. We're looking at players who've been underperforming, overperforming, performing, I guess. Mickey Bolton, which one? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Start today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a week and a half to go, almost, or two weeks to go, basically, to the end of the season here. It is two weeks. What am I talking about? Two weeks to go to the end of the season. So let's look at some players who have been overperforming, underperforming. Are you going to get dicked over in your championship round because these players are going to drop off their production? Or are you going to have guys really step up and uh, and take out the title? So, Warney, what do you think? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's look at the last lot, or the one we did two weeks ago, actually, on the uh, over and under performers. Let's see how we uh, smash that one. Now, we had Jimmy Harden as an underperformer. He was 35th. And then in the last two weeks, he's been 13th. I'm not saying he's been good because he's struggled a bit. But even shit James Harden is still the 13th best player over the last two weeks. So he has stepped it up, just not to that top five level. Zachy Levine, the skater boy. He was 76th. We thought, we thought that was a bit anomalous. And yeah, he's 35th over the last two weeks. Same with Miles Bridges, who was 84th, up to 30th since we did that show. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay has gone from 142nd to 63rd. So a big jump up there. Well, Mike Conley, who was absolutely stinking up the joint in those two weeks before week 21. Um, he's 111th. Not saying he's been great, but it's been a big improvement. On the flip side, talking about blokes who were overperforming. Jordan Poole was 20th, and I went, I think this is going to drop off. Then, of course, Steph Curry got hurt, and Poole's value was able to maintain, but he did drop off a little bit from 20th down to 32nd. Tyler Hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. He was 28th two weeks ago. He's 62nd now. That ridiculous hot shooting where he was hitting basically yeah, 51, 52% of his shots every game has cooled off somewhat. He's dealing with a knee issue as well. Uh, so he's dropped off. Darren Fox, he didn't drop off. I thought he might. He went from 31st up, actually up to 26th. Now, of course, we're not going to see him again the rest of the season. Um, you know, allegedly. We'll see. I don't think he's playing. Uh, Al Horford was an interesting one. He was 33rd. That was way too high. He was now 132nd over the last two weeks. But of course, now Rob Williams, let's be honest, Rob Williams' regular season is over. There's no chance that he is playing. So Horford's going to get more of a chance to play at center, which might mean more rebounds, might mean more blocks, might mean higher field goal percentage. So Horford's numbers could jump back up. And then KCP was unbelievable in that two-week period. He's still been pretty good, but he was 50th, and that was never going to stick. He went from 50th, and now over the last two weeks, he's down to 117th. So we nailed most of those ones, I would say. So let's see what we can get here in terms of blokes who might be... Um, who blokes who might be going a little bit too hard at the moment and uh, and might be dropping off. The overperformers. Emmanuel quickly. 
of the New York Knickerbockers. Quickly is a must-roster player. I don't think that needs debate. We always worry about what old mate comb over Tom Thibodeau is going to do about minutes and young blokes and playing spud veterans. We know that that's an issue. But quickly, the minutes have been solid. He's playing 25 a night over his last seven. He's averaging almost 17 points. But he's doing it in a way where I go, oh, no. I worry there's going to be a drop-off. Because quickly, one of the big issues this year has been shocking shooting. 39% from the field. Now, that has improved. And I do expect that to stay somewhat improved. But over the last two weeks, he's hitting 56, oh, sorry, 46% of his threes. Tell you now, that's not going to stick. He's also at 48% from two. Now, there is a chance that the 48% from two could sustain. That's possible. But the 46 from three won't. And obviously, three-point percentage, it's so variable, and it influences so much in fantasy, even though it's not a fantasy category. We've talked about this ad nauseum, is that it influences your field goal percentage category, your three-pointers made category, and your points category. And when something then goes from 46 down to a respectable 38, or even a shithouse 34, you're in real trouble. And the value drops way off. So he's not doing it through huge 32, 33 minutes a night, which we'd feel a little bit more comfortable if he was able to maintain um, that level of playing time. Because we go, okay, we can deal with some fluctuations in shooting because then his um, then his uh, yeah, volume would stay up. But that's not where we are with Quicker at the moment. So it, it is a slight worry just in terms of some regression in those shooting numbers that might cause him to drop off. But again, he probably is still a 12-team league bloke. Let's look at Des Bain who has been great. Uh, absolutely no doubt about that. One of the best surprise stories of the season. A guy that I, I really like as a player, but I obviously didn't expect this. He was a guy that I looked at as a last-round flyer type. We didn't know what they would do in terms of um, starting him or Kyle Anderson. We thought it would be him, but we weren't sure. And he's been great basically all season. He's the 50th-ranked player this year. We've never really got a chance to see how Morant, Brooks, and Bain work together. We still won't get one this regular season, so that's fine for Bain. But... As the 16th ranked player over the last two weeks, 34th in points leagues, I just find that difficult to believe he will continue. He's getting 39 fantasy points per game, which is very, very high. He's only playing 28 minutes a night, by the way, but how is he boosting these numbers up? Well, the shooting. He's a great shooter. He's just not a 50% three-point shooter because that's what he's doing over these last six games. He's also hitting 59% from two to give him 54% overall. Like they Unbelievable numbers. And... In this time, he's just casually chucking in 5.2 assists. It doesn't seem like much, but these are such big things. You go from 50 to 40% from three, it's gigantic. It's such a big drop. You go from 54 to 48% from the field, it's a gigantic drop. He goes from 5.2 assists to 3.5, and your numbers are just going to just die in the ass. Like, it's just not going to be able to stick. Yes, his usage can stay out without Jamaram. No problem with that. Like, he will, he will do that. But what that also means is that when the percentages fall, you get a larger volume hit on those. If your percentages fall from 50 to 40, um, from three on, let's say, seven attempts versus on five attempts, you, when you're taking seven a game, it hurts more. The drop-off is more significant. And I guess that's sort of what we're at a little bit of risk here with Bain at the moment. For context, those 5.2 assists he's averaging... He's at 2.8 for the season. Now, we can expect him to be 3.5, maybe up to 4. But it's still a huge difference between 3.5, 4, and 5.2. And that's where he's currently sitting at the moment. And that is enabling him to be putting up some much bigger numbers.
NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Helps you connect with a passionate group of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. It's the future of being an NBA fan. It's part trading card, part stock market, part fantasy sports with a built-in loyalty program as well. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it, make it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card grading, shoe boxes, and binders. They've got a 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace that lets you scroll through all your favorite players and teams. And once you find that moment you've been looking for, you can buy it in a couple of clicks. Now, people will say, yeah, why would you buy a video highlight when I can just watch it on YouTube? Well, it's just not just watching the highlight. It's about having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. You can get access to unbuyable once-in-a-lifetime experiences as well with NBA Top Shot. For example, last year, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to Phoenix for Game 5 of the NBA Finals just for having Phoenix Suns moments. So if you sign up for NBA Top Shot today, the best way to start is getting yourself a starter pack. Just for 9 bucks, you could pull LeBron or KD or Cade or Evan Mobley, one of their moments. So head over to LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to start building your collection today. Subscription scams. They're a pain in the ass. We sign up for things, free trials, whatever they are. You know, you know, you know the situation. You know how it goes. Well, Truebill's here. It's the new app to help you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or the ones that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 redos a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over 100 million bucks. Well, one of those users, they saved $99 million and then the other um, 1.9 million uh, saved the rest. So maybe they could use a median figure there. Don't fall for subscription scam. That's a lie. I apologize, Truebill. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Let's slash our way over to Bones Highland, the big stiffy. He's the 72nd ranked player over the last two weeks. Big boner is um, 95th in points leagues. They're really good numbers. Really good. Of course, no one can argue that. Surely not. He's been putting up some really, really solid numbers. But the problem I have with Bones is his coach, the doctor, Michael Malone, will just you know, limit his minutes. Just randomly play him 18 one night or 21 one night. And that's going to be the issue. He's doing this in under 25 a night, 24.5 to be exact. He's the, I didn't even tell you this, 72nd in points leagues, nine, sorry, 72nd in category leagues, 95th in points leagues. That's pretty exciting. He's averaging almost 28 and a half fantasy points per game which is up from 18 over the course of the year. How's it happening? Well, everything's going in. 47% from three, 62% from two, 52% overall. He's getting 4.3 assists. That's not far off where he's been all year. He's not doing it through big steals or big blocks, but he's doing it with elevated minutes, which we worry that the the doctor's going to reduce for him. And he's just hitting every shot in the world. And I worry that the fact that the shots are going in is enabling Malone to play him five extra minutes. And if they stop falling, Malone's going to just bang him straight on the bench and go, you're a rookie, sit down. Sit down and learn your place, mate. Uh, Or some shit like that. So it's great what Boner's doing at the moment. I just have that worry that this shooting will fall off. Like his true shooting over the last month is 70. 70, that's insane for anybody, let alone a rookie guard. Like, it is going to fall off, and I fear it's going to fall off pretty hard. 
pains me to do. It pains me to do that for Bones. I love Bones. It pains me to do, say it for Des Bain. I love him. It pains me to do it for Isaiah Hartenstein, who I think is great. Like the big fella has been amazing. People don't really realize it, but over the last two weeks, he's the 42nd ranked player. 42nd. Yet he's sitting on basically every waiver wire. Why? Why is he sitting there? Well, people are loath to trust him, and I get that, given the playing time. He's 75th in points leagues as well. He's averaging 30 fantasy points per game in 23 minutes. As I've told you so many times, this bloke is an absolute fantasy star wait, waiting to break out. But I don't fully trust it. Like I love what he's doing. I know he's got talent, and I think he should be on a roster. right? And he's just coming in 23 minutes a night, but he could inexplicably play 17 next game. He could. And the other thing is while you would look at him and you go, all right, white man center. He must be a good free throw shooter. He's actually not. He's at 66% for the season, but over the last two weeks, that's at 87. Now, which one of those is real? He has had some good free throw years in the past. His rookie season in Houston, he shot 79, but last two years under, under 68. So that is really boosting his numbers. And yes, you could punt free throws with him and still get that value. But the other thing he's also doing is basically doubling his assist numbers. He's at four assists per game. And the steal numbers are up. It's a 50% increase in his steals as well. So while I love the bloke, I think he's got unbelievable fantasy potential. And I think he should be rostered basically everywhere. I think there is going to be some level of drop-off here. Larry Markin, another bloke that's on my overperforming list. Larry has, I think, struggled most of this season. But at the moment, they are just pumping the minutes into him. 37 a night over the last two weeks. He's 51st in category leagues. He's 64th in points leagues, averaging 32 fantasy points. That's up from 27 that he's averaging for the year. It does help that Jarrett Allen is out for Markkinen, for sure. But it's a few other things that's happening. Because now, finally, for once, he's hitting shots. And you think of him as a shooter. Well, he hasn't been hitting shots really at all. Um, 44% for the year. 35 from three. But over the last two weeks, 71 from two, 39 from three, and 51 overall. He's also giving us 1.4 steals when he's at 0.8. And over his career, he's been a shocking steals guy. Never averaged one steal per game. In fact, last year, averaged 0.5 steals and 0.3 blocks, which is just an abysmally low number. So that's going to drop. The minutes are going to drop. The field goal percentage is going to drop. And Lowry's going to drop well outside that top 50 range, would be my guess. Let's go to the underperformers now. Ah, yes, the double royal, Julius Randle. Over the last two weeks, Randle is 264th. That's really bad, obviously. He missed those games. Um, He's back now. But why is he so bad? Well, it's very, very simple. The bloke can't hit a shot. 30% from the field. And the fact that he's doing it on 20 attempts is just destructive. You can't recover from that. And he doubles down by being shithouse from the line as well. 68% there. He's hitting a robust 17% from three. And while I can shit on Julius Randle um, for some of his play style and some of his production, which I've done plenty of times, I'm very well aware that this is not real. Like, this is not continuing. He's not going to be a 17% guy. He's not going to shoot 36% from two. If he does, get the uh, get his ass out of the league. Like, there's no room for that anywhere. He's not going to... Be, like, he's got a true shooting of 39%. Like, this shit is disgusting. Minutes... Look, he's averaging 18, 11, and 5. So, the, the points, rebounds, assists, jerkers are going to love those numbers. 
But for Category League Fantasy, it kills you. He's just killing those percentages. In points leagues, he's 35th. So it's not far off what he's been doing. He's 28th for the season there. He's a couple of fantasy points down, which if he started hitting his shots, he'd be well over that. But in category leagues, it just shows you the massive difference between category leagues and points leagues here. If you are inefficient, you get killed in a category league. In a points league, doesn't really impact you that much, does it? Let's look at DeMar DeRozan, who's also underperforming. He's been on on these lists so many times this year, from overperforming to underperforming. And I, I don't want to call him inconsistent, but the fact that you have been, you know, top five in these little stretches and then outside the top 80 in stretches leads to some inconsistency. You either do things that are entirely unsustainable or things that you know are going to improve. And that's sort of where DeRozan sits. 81st in category leagues, 55th in points leagues. He is for the season the 21st ranked player. So he's been consistently good, but he's had a couple of these little stretches where the the numbers have struggled to come in for him. The usage is down for DeRozan, under 28% over the last two weeks, which is interesting. Now, some of what he was doing earlier this year was when um, guys like Levine were out, and um, at the moment, of course, Lonzo's out, but we had Caruso out for times as well. And he was maintaining a nice 30% plus usage. He's at 31 for the year. But a drop from 31 to 28 is significant. And as I've talked to you millions of times about DeRozan this year, unbelievable. Like His best fantasy category is scoring and free throws. They're basically the same. And when you go from shooting 87 from the line to 83, still a very good number, still a very good number, it hurts. He goes from 87% on 7.7 attempts from the line, huge number, 1.9 standard score for that category. But over the last two weeks, he's at 83 on under five attempts. So not only has he dropped his percentage, he's dropped his attempts. So that basically is a quarter of the value. 1.91 standard score, 0.5 over the last two weeks. And when you rely so heavily on volume and high percentage to maintain that fantasy value like DeRozan does, when it drops to even a good number like 83, you lose value. And of course, he's averaging five less points per game than he has been during the season as well. Throw in the fact that his steals are at 0.3. He's had two steals over his last six games when he's averaging one per game. And that's what's caused the drop-off. Of course, it's an inopportune time for his numbers to fall away after he's putting up top 25 numbers all year as we head into fantasy playoffs, but they're the reasons why. No reason he can't get um, that free throw percentage up, but with his usage decreasing, maybe those free throw attempts don't actually jump back up, and then the other one is is going to be those steals. Let's talk about Jim Butler. Because he's my butler. Um, Hasn't been a good run of things for Jimmy Butler or the Miami Heat of late. Butler's the 46th ranked fantasy player. He's 15th for this season, by the way. He, in points leagues, is 48th over this time frame. That's, yeah, not great for where he's at. 35 for, uh, for that period, he's at 41 for the season. Big drop-off. So what's the change here for Jim? Why has he fallen off so much? Well, minutes are down, only 31. So there's, there's a start as he's dealing with um, congestion or sore toes or whatever other bullshit excuse they can come up with. But one of the other things, and then we talk about this all the time, low volume categories. Steals, blocks, and to a lesser extent, threes. Low volume categories. Jimmy Butler for the season averages 1.7 steals. A very good number. A very good number. Over the last five games, he has had five steals only. Right? That is not as good. If over those last five games, he had an extra three steals, 
then his steals would be normal. That's not that much. That is how much that category changes. Three steals over five games, and he's basically at his season average. As of right now, his standard score in that category has gone from 1.49 to 0.15 because he didn't get three steals over five games. That's, that's why when I talk about viewing rankings, I downweight steals quite a bit. And these rankings are even with me downweighting steals. But you've got to understand, and look at how many of your matchups, how many you know, sob stories or horror stories or gloating stories that I got this week. I won my championship by one steal. Have you ever seen a matchup where things are you know, decided by so few? Even in mine, like I, there was like two turnovers, two steals, three blocks, the difference across a week's matchup. They're so low volume that they can change like that in an instant. And that's really hurting Butler's numbers here. He's also only at 18.4 points per game. And his free throw attempts, like DeMar DeRozan, have gone from 8 a game to 6.4. So even though he is still hitting 91% from the field, like on that volume, that should be really boosting him. Or sorry, on that percentage. But it's keeping him about where he was for the year, where he was at 87% on 8 attempts. Just dropping those free throw attempts down. That's worth mentioning. Let's go to... Actually, let's not go there yet. We'll go there in a second. Let's go now to talk about Rock Auto. You go to a local chain auto parts store, you kick yourself. You go, what am I doing? Why am I spending so much money? Why am I wasting my time going to these places? I've heard Josh talk about Rock Auto all the time where I can just access the catalog of all of these auto parts directly on my phone or my computer. Oh, Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 plus years. Why would you spend 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts for your car? Whether that's a brake part, a tail lamp, motor oil, or even new car, but I've got to chuck another part in there at some point. Rock Auto, update your script so there's something else in there. A Honda Odyssey fuel pump, for example, is $353 from a chain store, but $216 from Rock Auto. That sounds great. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Let's go to Tyrese Halliburton, who we saw come over to Indiana and put up some great numbers. And now, fantasy playoffs, fantasy finals. I won't say you shit the bed, but the bed smells a little bit. It's, it's, not, it's not quite as fresh as it needs to be. Halliburton is 98th in category leagues and 78th in points leagues. That is decidedly bad for a bloke who was putting up top 20 numbers at one point. He's averaging under 30 fantasy points that down from 36 for the season. So what has happened? He's the 27th ranked player this year. 27th. That's that, That's quite high, obviously. Um, but when you're the 27th ranked player and then you turn in a performance over the last three weeks, ranked 98, that hurts. So what's happening? Well, he's just not scoring anymore, is he? Usage has dropped somehow on this team. I don't know how. 8.8 points. He's averaging under... 1-3 a game when he's hitting over 2 for the year because he's hitting them at a putrid 22.7%. Again, 3-point percentage is such an influencer. With him, the 3-pointers at 0.8, if they go back up to his regular 2.1, that's an extra 4 points per game. All of a sudden, instead of 8.8 .8 points, he's averaging 12.8 points. And it doesn't look anywhere near as bad because everything else is sort of on track there. Free throws are fine. Never gets the line, but free throws are fine. Field goal percentage way down because his three-point percentage is way down. His two-point percentage is actually pretty down as well, 44.1%, so that could go up. Um, minutes are a bit down as well as, as they're you know, tanking their ass off at the moment, trying to do whatever it is they're trying to do, get a higher draft pick. 
Um, and then he steals from 1.3 to 1.2. 1.2 is good. 1.7 is elite. That is the difference. When we see those numbers and you see those minutes, um, those minutes drop off, that we get that that big dip in production. And that's where we are with Halliburton at the moment. And lastly, another bloke who is a category league stud usually, and that's Draymond Green. 170th over the last two weeks for Dray. Not much better in points. He's 181st. He's coming back from back injury. We know that it's been pretty serious for him. But we should still expect more than this. He's only playing 23 minutes a night, and he's already sitting Monday's game. So, look, if you want to drop him this week, I've got no problem with that. Right? Volume is important, but I'm just saying we expect some improvement from Draymond. Four points per game he's averaging, and at 33%. You don't expect volume. You don't expect 20 points a game. Maybe get me nine or eight. But that's not even part of the problem. He hasn't blocked a single shot since he's returned. We saw this at the start of the year when he had an injury coming into the season that he just couldn't get blocks going. And then he got healthy and they came. So he's just not scoring. He's not playing enough. The shots aren't going in and he's not blocking shots. And Draymond Green, you get for rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. And when the blocks aren't there and then the shot becomes a massive negative, you lose a lot of value. No problem with dropping Draymond, by the way. Absolutely none. With only, you know, I think a couple of games left this week. No problem at all. But expect some improvement. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.